0: Junior Jewels. I'm Carly. And I'm Jess. And we are the hosts of Typical Tuesday Night, a A Taylor Taylor Swift Swift
1: podcast. podcast. All right. Welcome to Typical Tuesday Night podcast. If you are new around here, I'm Carly. And I'm Jess. And we are just really happy that you're here. We've been doing this podcast for almost a month now. And I've just been blown away by the support and the love and just how well the podcast is doing. So whether you've been here since our Very first episode, or whether you're just finding us today, thanks for
0: being here, you guys. It's been so fun. We love talking all things Taylor, and we wanted to be a little bit of a different type of podcast than a lot of the other ones out there. We will be doing some song deep dives, but we really just want to bring you into our everyday conversations about Taylor Swift, share the cool unknown facts about her life, keep you educated on what is happening and what has happened, and keep it lighthearted and fun.
1: Yeah. So, Today, we are going to do a little deep dive on the 1989 era because 1989 Taylor's version comes out this week. And we're just really excited to kind of deep dive into this to get you ready for the album. But if you want to know more about the actual 1989 album, we do a deep dive on the album a couple episodes back. So feel free to finish this episode and then Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet.
0: There is so much that happened in this era, so we broke this into different categories, and we'll be going over each category while also trying to stay somewhat chronological. Yeah, as best we can, right?
1: All right. Well, we begin our story in New York. She relocated to New York City in March of 2014 And I found this really cool journal entry that she wrote in January 6th of 2014. And she just says this in the journal. She says, so I've decided I want to look at places in New York. I know I went through this phase months ago, but it has to mean something that I've circled back to it, right? You know what they say? If you love something, let it go. And if it comes back, blah, blah, blah. So I'm leaving the day after tomorrow. Dating is awful. Love is a fiction, a myth. I'm over it all. I just feel like, It's so cool when you get glimpses into her journal. One, because I just love to see how people write in their journal anyway. Yeah. And I love just like seeing her write like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like I just can totally see it's literally whatever she's thinking just going onto this paper and crazy to think that she had been thinking about New York previously. And then I was like, no, like I'm just doing this. Yeah. Like I'm leaving the day after tomorrow. Life is hard right now. Like dating is awful. Yeah. I'm kind of done with this whole love story type vibe. I'm just over it. I'm ready for something new.
0: I love that because it's kind of like starting over. And it's actually, I I kind of laughed when I read that quote because when we talked on our previous episode for her girl squads, Selena specifically said like Taylor still believes in the like fairy oh, yeah. tale love story romance. Like, yeah. Everyone can find their person, and so it's interesting to like look back and hear, you know, a time. I mean, we all go through those times. Where oh, for we're sure. Like, Love's over it. Yeah, it's not real. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, I'm over it. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So relatable. So
1: to like see her doing that, yeah, it's super relatable. Yeah. But what's not relatable <laughs> is the fact that her so 19.9 million dollars pair of penthouses in manhattan's tribeca neighborhood excuse me what (laughs) 19.9 million dollars
0: that's insane and it's kind of i don't know it's kind of funny to think that she's like oh i don't know like do i move to new york do i not move to new york it's like you can do whatever you want with that for real like just do it and if you hate it then what what is that yeah like
1: well, and she still had all these other houses. Yeah, it's not like she was like, "Oh, I've got to sell this." And it's then, like, shoot, there. do I
0: sell everything I own to like move to New yeah. York in this like little teeny studio apartment yeah, exactly. and like hope I make it in the world for reals? <laughs> well, well, it's crazy because
1: I feel like this was her, like the beginning of her big world domination phase. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I feel like it really, really started. Yeah, because she was going to make sure that this album was big. And she was everywhere. Like she was on magazine covers and photographed all the time performing at award, award shows. And like I remember seeing that people started saying, like, she's becoming overexposed. Mm. But also at that time, I feel like it worked for her. Yeah. Which I kind of feel is how it is right now, too. For sure. Which is kind of cool to be like, oh, that was that 1989. Era and like now we're getting into Taylor's version era, but she was literally the biggest star on the planet. Yeah, which is it's crazy.
0: It is, and I mean not to backtrack, but I mean I think it's cool and just shows, especially like her age. She had all the money that she needed to do whatever she wanted with. She had all this, you know, power as far like she was a huge powerhouse in the industry. But she still has those normal thoughts. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, do I really move to New York?
1: Yeah, she's true. still
0: like a normal person, yeah. regardless of all the money and all the fame and all of that. Like, she's still, I don't know, those decisions don't like come easy. For sure. Yeah. Know.
1: And it does, like you said, it does make her super relatable. Like, we put her on this pedestal sometimes of, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift. But at the same time, you do have to remember, She literally is just a person, yeah, just like all of us. Um, I thought this was really interesting, though, because after not winning Album of the Year for Red, she woke up and said, I woke up at four in the morning, and I was like, it's called 1989. I've been making 80s synth pop. I'm just going to do it. I'm calling it a pop record. I'm not listening to anyone at my label. I'm starting tomorrow. And I feel like that was – it kicked off. It's like, okay. Yeah. Let's go 1989 yeah. era. Here I come. I I know what the era is going to be. Mm-hmm. I know what the album is going to be. I'm moving to New York. I'm
0: going. I don't all care in. what anybody
1: else says. Yeah, too, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, so fun. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing of the 1989 album and during this era. So she started dropping hints that something soon would be happening. Classic, you know. Yeah.
1: Dropping Mastermind <laughs> Easter
0: eggs <laughs> that something would be happening in early August 2014, and the internet went crazy. Which of course. nothing like it would be nowadays. It's true, it so different back then. Yeah, but even back then, she was causing you know oh, yeah. internet frenzies by just dropping little hints. And
1: I also don't feel like that was a thing. I feel like this yeah. is when she really started to be like, I can kind of
0: have a little fun mm-hmm. with yeah. my fans. I, I'm going to gonna tease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she was posting cryptic videos and pictures on her Instagram account. And then a few days later, she went all out by hiring skywriting planes <laughs> to write Taylor Swift, 18, 5 PM Yahoo over Central Park, which is, just I like, love it. <laughs> I freaking love it. Let's write it in the sky. Yeah. Over Central Park. Why not? Why not? Uh, She hosted a globally broadcasted event um, that was filmed on top of the Empire State Building. During the next 30 minutes of that, she managed to surprise everyone with the name of her first documented official pop album called 1989, which is the name of her birth year. The lead single, Shake It Off. And it's music video and the album cover art. So she just like, she teased yeah. and then she just like laid you it go. all out. Here you go. So cool. She also worked during this time collaboratively with Keds, which is the one that I remember uh-huh. so specifically, and then Subway and Diet Coke. I don't so, remember Subway. Do you? I don't either.
1: I remember Keds and I remember Diet Coke. Okay. But I don't remember Subway.
0: Yeah. Like, mm.
1: Too bad Subway, like obviously didn't work very really well, or like what?
0: I know. It's, it's kind of random. Oh.
1: It's interesting though, because I don't feel like she did this a lot before this era. And I also don't feel like she did it a lot after this era. So she works with Capital One now. Yeah. But I feel like that's really one of the only brands.
0: Yeah, she's that not she really, at least, I mean, maybe she is tied to other brands a little bit, but it's not very like publicized yeah like,
1: especially in the way
0: that this was oh yeah this was like way over top i mean i specific the reason i remember keds so much is because at the tour there were like hmm. kids like stations like couldn't you did, did you see I that i remember that. that like you could go and like get shoes and oh really Yes. See, once again, you remembering the tour stuff so well. Well, I think that the picture, the main picture from that tour that I have with my mom, uh-huh. we were standing in front of a like, okay, a backdrop that was like a kid's Taylor Swift. Ooh. So, like, that just like stands out yeah. to me so much. But yeah, that's the one that just I really remember the most. But it's so fun. Okay. Do you remember the No, it's Becky show? Oh my
1: gosh, yes. Speaking no, it's Becky, was amazing.
0: (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about. So back during this time, during the like 1989 era, there was a Tumblr post. And (laughs) this is so funny and random. It was a picture of Taylor Swift wearing a tiara. And the caption of the photo, like the person who posted it, said essentially, This is my friend, Becky. She she used to be a happy, popular girl until one night she snorted marijuana at a party and died instantly. Please don't do marijuana. It's the most dangerous drug out there. Please don't wind up like Becky. (laughs) And then someone, like, commented, like, no, that's Taylor Swift. (laughs) Which... Obviously, this girl's like, saying, you know, yeah, don't do marijuana. Yeah. Not a good thing. But also, like, that is not your friend Becky that not died. Like, no. <laughs> well, and it's so
1: funny. Like, you're using a picture of somebody extremely famous. Like, yes. the top of her fame. Yes. You don't think someone's going to be like, nope, pretty sure that's Taylor Swift. Yes.
0: Oh, my gosh. So funny. And so then – on top of that, Taylor Swift ended up when she was promoting the 1989 album, she like posted a picture of like a Polaroid of her in a shirt that said, No, it's Becky. And said that, she, like, the caption said that she was basically reconsidering the album cover art. <laughs> it's just like so funny.
1: So funny. Well, and I love that it shows she's watching, like, she's paying attention to. Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook, like Twitter, all those things. She's part of
0: it. Yeah. And she she likes likes
1: it. it And she likes it. Yeah. It's
0: fun for her. That's so funny. Kind of. And she has continued to do that because I remember at the Arrow (laughs) store, she talked at opening night. I don't know if she said this really much in like the later concerts but i don't know if you remember opening night during her champagne problems speech uh-huh. she specifically called out like i see what you guys are saying oh, uh-huh. on tiktok like about evermore and that, like it's my least favorite album and all that but yeah. like i'm here to prove you wrong like i love the evermore yes. album and it's so fun when she like comments that like she sees She's what we're talking about on yeah. the internet <laughs> it's so funny
1: all right well let's talk about her fashion and the colors and just like the vibe of the overall era. So she started opting for like crop tops, skater skirts, and then some more like form-fitting clothing as well. Um, There was lots of fun colors. You can think like blues, pinks, lots of glitter. She cut her hair so she had the like short bob, the like swoop bangs, which the swoop bangs just (laughs) <laughs> totally take me back to that time. Though. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I had those. So Oh, yeah. Um, And if you're thinking about like, oh, what colors go along with the 1989, it's a lot of baby blue and white color scheme. And that was kind of because the album cover as a whole was um, those color schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor did say, if I'm in the mood to be held accountable for every single article of clothing on my body, whether it matches, if it clashes, if it's on trend, then I go out. If I'm not interested in undergoing that kind of debate and conversation regarding how I'm walking, whether I look tired, how my makeup is right, what's the mark on my knee? Did I hurt myself? I just don't go out. And I like Ugh. was thinking about it. I'm like, because I was like looking through all these like fashion, I'm like, look how cute she looks and all this stuff. And then I'm like, I could not imagine having to be so aware of what other people are then going to say about me
0: mm-hmm. every time you show your every face time. yeah like every time you're out and about it would be so mentally draining it would it really would i can't even imagine but
1: i also don't blame her it's like if i'm not interested in like having to worry about that mm-hmm. i just won't go out which is also sad it is it Like that. that's what it comes down to. It's either like, okay, I can worry about all this. I can go out or I don't have the mental capacity to worry about it. So I, I physically can't go out because
0: of that. And I mean, maybe that just kind of circles back to why her family and her friends are so important to her yeah. because like, you know, she loves to go out, but there's times where she's just like, I don't want to deal with that, yeah. but she can still get together have her friends over or have family over or whatever instead of going out to do social things yeah and i wonder if that i mean think of all of her parties like her fourth of july parties her new year's eve parties her birthday parties like they're they're never in public places they're or quote-unquote public yeah out and about they're always like at someone's house or at her house or whatever it's more like intimate intimate but I mean speaking of intimate,
1: <laughs> I feel like the greatest thing to come out for a lot of Swifties is this next section we're gonna talk about.
0: Yes. Yes. Just top we were talking about this. Top tier number one thing that my number one goal in my life <laughs> is to be invited to a secret session.
1: I truly can't imagine. No. I mean, we were talking about people getting invited to view the Eras tour movie with taylor swift mm-hmm. which i would feel like i had peaked in my oh, entire yeah, life for sure but thinking about going to her home yeah and having her just like play me her newest album that hasn't even been released yet are you joking i me?
0: i don't think i could go because i wouldn't be able to function <laughs> So if you don't know what we're talking about, the 1989 album was the first time she did something called secret sessions where essentially she would handpick fans and she would invite them. They would get like an invite that's like, you're invited to like this basically top secret Taylor Swift event. Um, Here's where to go, how to get there, those kinds of things. And she'd bring them to her various homes across the world, like LA, New York, Nashville, rhode island london those places and they would carefully hand slicked fans to come listen she she would literally invite them to her house she would also cook them dinner <laughs> I know. she literally would cook some dinner cute. and uh, i don't remember the interview i saw but they were like you would make they were like you would make them dinner she's like you can't invite people over to your house for hours and not feed them. She's so cute. <laughs> Just so cute. Oh. She would serve them dinner and then she would literally play. So in this instance, the entire 1989 album for like a very small selected group of people before oh. the album released as like a preview to the album. And I cannot even imagine experiencing
1: that. Oh, no, not at all. And I just think it was so cool because it was such a good marketing tool. I mean, like going back to the marketing. Yeah. But like she knows what her fans want. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that like one to one connection. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she gives that as yeah. best she can. Yeah. And like I don't know any other artist that's like, I'm gonna hand select some fans to hear this album in my house. Yeah.
0: With me, that's insane. Or like the movie, like who do I want to like experience the movie premiere with? My fans, yeah. Nobody does that. No, nobody does. does She does because her fans are so important. Yes, which is so cool. And she also did secret sessions for Reputation and for Lover as well. I wonder if like that's something she'll bring back. Yeah, do again or yeah? Because I was trying to
1: think. She definitely couldn't for. Folklore and Evermore. Mm hmm. Midnights, I feel. I feel like that was still a weird time. It was a little bit. So maybe the next one.
0: Yeah. You just like, never know.
1: That would be really cool. One that day. Would be
0: one <laughs> life goal. <full. laughs> oh. Okay.
1: So currently in this era, she was living the single wife. which I feel like for a lot of her different eras, I feel like her boy or whoever she was dating at the time mm-hmm. really are like an overarching part of that era.
0: Like the focus. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I feel like this era was like the start of more about her, mm-hmm. which I love that for her. Um, And she was like, she kept saying like, I'm really happy living the single life, hanging out with my friends. Because
0: this is, is this post Harry? Who was like... Yeah, this was post-Harry. Okay. Yeah. Harry was like the most recent boyfriend.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah, because now she has, because she wrote 1989 about Harry. Yeah. So yeah, that's okay. You're right. So yeah, like she's just like hanging out with her friends and Mm -hmm. having a fun time. And I found this quote that I thought was really interesting. And she says, 70% of the time when a guy asks me out, it'll just
0: be a random email. Could you imagine that? i've always wondered i'm like how do you get set up with people? Like, yeah like how, how do like is there like a tinder for celebrities i mean there is now did you know that i did not yeah, there but is. i guess that's a good way to yeah. do it wow that's so, so crazy like but like harry no i'm john sorry, mayer like, definitely <laughs> that that's would crazy. be
1: so weird It really would be. It would. Also to like see who was using it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's like a whole interesting world. We got to deep dive in. (laughs) Oh my
1: So she says some movie star would just get her address from their publicist and email her cold. Um, Usually she said she would politely rebuff them, but even if someone did kind of like penetrate that line of defense, um, building a relationship felt really hard. And she continued and said, I feel like watching my dating life has become a bit of a national pastime. And I'm just not comfortable providing that kind of entertainment anymore. I don't like seeing slideshows of guys I've apparently dated. I don't like giving comedians the opportunity to make jokes about me at award shows. I don't like it when headlines read, care for bro, she'll write a song about you because it trivializes my work. And most of all, I don't like how all these factors add up to build the pressure so high in a new relationship that it gets snuffed out before it even has a chance to start. And so I just don't date. Oh, there's like so
0: much to that, to that. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And just so sad that, I mean, it, it is frustrating because I feel like granted, I, I feel like there's so many parallels to then and now Yes, the thing that I have, always said that's so refreshing is that i love that it's mostly positive right now around yeah. like her dating travis and like for sure mo i mean there's always gonna be haters yeah haters gonna hate <laughs> for real um but for the most part she's got mostly support which is so refreshing but yeah back in this time like as soon as she started dating someone, like yeah. all the headlines, all of the, even the the women on yeah. the talk shows are oh, just for sure. bashing her yeah. and like calling her a man eater and you know, all yeah. these things. And it's like, how do you expect any of her relationships to ever have, like she said, any yeah. kind of chance yeah. when it's never going to start off on a good foot?
1: Yeah. Well, and how interesting because I feel like you constantly hear, and even now people are still joking about it that, like, oh, be careful. She's going to write a song about you. Like, oh, this is what her song is going to be about him. Just wait. Yes. And to hear her say that trivializes her work,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't even know what to say about that. I feel like she says it all right there, but that hurts
0: her. It does. Because it's
1: true. What she writes about is more than just. I'm using boys to write music to get famous. Absolutely,
0: that's so such an unfair comparison statement to like make. And I've said this, I think, on past episodes. Who knows how many times I'll bring this (laughs) up? But she specifically talks about like nobody. Like there are so many male artists out there who write about their own loves, love lives, and she uses Ed Sheeran and Bruno Mars as an example. And she's like, nobody. Treats them like this. Like, yeah. (laughs) Why does she, especially as a woman, like get treated like this because she's writing about her own life and her own experiences? It's like just because she's good at it. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think music that comes from personal experiences is more powerful. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. And so just because she's really good at it doesn't mean that like she's using men to like get content out of. Oh, for sure. And since then, I mean, folklore, evermore albums after like she has proven that she can write songs that are beautiful and amazing that aren't necessarily about her personal life or experiences. And so it's just like, give me a break. Oh, absolutely. uh, So, if you haven't seen, we did do an entire episode about the album and just deep diving into the music and things like that. So if you missed that, make sure to go listen. But just really quickly, let's talk about how well the album did. Because it did so well. Because it very well. <laughs> and this is coming off of Red, which did not do as well as she had hoped. Yeah, And
1: at least in the... Award sections. Yes. I feel like Red is a very special album for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. like a lot of fans, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of longtime fans. Yeah. But I see why it didn't do so well in the award categories. For sure. So anyway.
0: It's kind of interesting because Taylor said that everyone in and out of the music industry kept telling her that her opinion and her viewpoint- as far as like going pop uh-huh. and kind of switching genres goes was very naive and overly optimistic even her own label but when she got those first day numbers in all of a sudden she was like man guess i don't look so naive anymore <laughs> i love that i know oh it gives like i don't know i picture her saying that and it just it like gives me blank space vibes just like i don't know it yeah it's like you guys, you don't know what you're talking about yeah like just listen like i'm not an idiot yeah like, i know what i'm talking about i know what i'm doing yeah and I, I do feel like this time and this album really showed truly which we talked about in the album about or the episode about the album but this is when she really started to show like she's not just a talented songwriter she's not just a pretty yeah. face she's not like she is a business woman Absolutely. and she's a very good one oh for sure so, okay so the industry's expectations of the 1989 album basically the projections of first week sales were about 650,000 okay and she shattered those <laughs> and ended up Moving one point two nine million copies oh in its gosh. first week, the biggest seven day sales of any release since two thousand two that's crazy that's a ton <laughs> that is a huge a huge jump a huge jump because those like those projections aren't just like opinion based oh they're no. very like statistically like figured out like for sure you know how even for her person like how she done in the past like how you know how she improved and so for her to jump basically do double oh yeah of what they projected is
1: wild well and even to have the biggest seven day sales since 2002 yeah like 12 years yeah that's crazy. That is so. I nice. do think that her marketing really helped. I do too. And I think she was behind her marketing mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like what we talked about, yeah, she knows what her fans want, mm-hmm. and she knows how to get them excited about stuff for sure. She's dropping those hints. she's on like social media platforms. she's doing, she's doing secret stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, uh, so, so fun. And so 1989 actually won Album of the Year, which was super exciting because Red didn't. Yeah. And that was like a bummer for her. And so it was really cool for her to win Album of the Year for that. And she also became the first artist to hit the 1 million week milestone three times. That's crazy. <laughs> and that was like of all time. Like she was the very first person to ever, ever do that. So. She also got rewarded with the first ever Dick Clark Award for Excellence at the 2014 American Music Awards and the Billboard Woman of the Year honor, the only artist to have ever been awarded that title twice. And that's only within her fifth album. I know. That's what some of these like these awards and these stats I might she was doing this years and years oh, and years ago. Like, this yeah. is wild. It wasn't like this is now. No, because without. now when she sweeps the venues <laughs> no. and, you know, that's just yeah. like, of course she did. Yeah. But back then, it's just like, wow, this is so cool. It's huge. Yeah. So cool. So she ended up closing out the year by performing in Times Square on New Year's Eve, which that's is so, so cool. I'm a huge – I love New Year's Eve. Same. My dream is to go – to I new know us, i know it's not everyone's cup of tea but yes i really want to be in times square one time in my yeah. life for new year's eve uh-huh. that's just always been a thing i've wanted same to do. actually yes i will wear a diaper yes i will stand in the cold like yeah. i just do good. all the things man if taylor swift is there that'd be fun oh, that would be Why better wasn't that is the dream wasn't i wasn't either that year same
1: Okay, so we also recently did an episode on the Girl Squad, so listen to that if you haven't yet. But I did want to talk about a few things in relation to this era that she's now said in retrospect, because there were some like a disconnect that some fans felt at times that Taylor later recognized. Um, she mentioned that she'd always been known for telling her fans that she was just like them, and I also feel like we did feel like we related really well to her. Yeah, I think it's because. She used her own personal experiences in her songs.
0: And, like, we've talked about that before. Well, you belong with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, like, that goes along really well with what she's about to say. But, like, she was always, like, she wasn't – she was not the it girl. Yeah. You know, growing exactly. up. Exactly, yeah. that's
1: what and made she, her so
0: relatable. For sure.
1: And so, like, for example, on the 1989 world tour – she would talk about all of her friends and say that her requirements for friendships, there were two things. One, you had to like her. And two, you'd want to spend time with her, which everyone in the audience qualified for. Which I actually remember that speech. And I remember, yeah, I thought that was like really cool.
0: I remember something from the (laughs) tour. And I don't remember. That's so funny. I mean, I love, I always love her like deep speeches. Yeah. But I don't specifically
1: I think, yeah, I do remember that one for some reason. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people were thinking like Taylor was presenting the standard of friendships in her own life that were really just unattainable for most of her fans. Because pretty much all of her actual friends were famous and like at this time, especially just unbelievably beautiful models. Yeah. And I thought this was really interesting. In 2019, Taylor acknowledged that she had some regrets about showing off her large group of friends in such a big public manner. Um, She actually wrote a piece for Elle, and she listed 30 things she learned before turning 30. And I thought it was interesting that one of the lessons she said she needed to learn was to rectify scars from her past. And it's interesting that the example she gave was, she said, I've never been popular as a kid. I was always, and that was always an insecurity for me. Even as an adult, I still have recurring flashbacks, sitting at lunch tables alone, or hiding in a bathroom stall, or trying to make a new friend and being laughed at. And in my 20s, I found myself surrounded by girls who wanted to be my friend. So I shouted it from the rooftops, posted pictures, and celebrated my newfound acceptance into a sisterhood without realizing." That other people might still feel the way I did when I felt so alone. It's important to address our long-standing issues before we turn into the living embodiment of them.
0: I literally got goosebumps at that last sentence. (laughs) Like that's so
1: profound. It is. And such an interesting way to look back and
0: recognize those things Mm -hmm. about yourself. Because it's so easy to like be her and get lost in all that, which she did. She totally did. But she later now is like recognizing that uh, own up to it and be like, yeah. whoa, actually, yeah, because that th- you know, she is a celebrity. She's gonna have celebrities friends. She's gonna yeah. have model friends. But it was definitely, you can tell during that era, it was way more up in your face, yeah, all the time, and just like you could tell they were really trying to like. Put it out there publicly. Oh yeah, which wasn't like totally necessary. It's yeah, fun. it was fun. I yeah, mean, and I think it's a it totally was fun.
1: fun part of the era, but yeah. but you know. interesting that she recognized more why she had been doing it mm-hmm. because of a lot of insecurity she had felt. Yeah, and how she then realized, I
0: don't want to make other people feel the way that I did. Mm-hmm. It's like she came, it's just cool because I think that's why I got goosebumps is like in that whole quote from Elle, like she just, it was like a full circle of like healing. Yeah. For her to like experience not great things and then experience overly great things. Yeah. Kind of flaunt it and then realize like in retrospect, like, you know. Yeah. I
1: didn't need to necessarily do that. Yeah. Yeah so mature (laughs) she really is she really is that whole like l article is really really cool Mm -hmm. i remember like reading it and just being like dang like you're so profound i know oh there's no way i learned any of those things i probably should have learned these things by the time i turned 30 did i probably not
0: (laughs) she's just amazing So, there is so much that goes into the 1989 era, and we want to do it justice, so we decided to post a part two episode tomorrow. We're going to cut this one now, and so make sure to follow wherever you're listening right now so that you don't miss part two. We are going to be going over her love life, the world tour for 1989, and then when she pulled her music from streaming, if you remember...
1: The rumors are terrible and cruel. We'll catch you here tomorrow.